WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it. Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. To begin with. This case should never have come to trial. The state has not produced one iota of medical evidence that the crime Tom Robertson is charged with ever took place. It has relied instead upon the testimony of two witnesses whose evidence has not only been called into serious question on cross-examination, but has been flatly contradicted by the defendant. Now, there is circumstantial evidence to indicate that Mayella Ewell was beaten savagely by someone who led almost exclusively with his left. And Tom Robinson now sits before you, having taken the oath with the only good hand he possesses is right. I have nothing but pity in my heart for the chief witness for the state. She is the victim of cruel poverty and ignorance. Pity does not extend so far as to her putting a man's life at stake, which she has done in an effort to get rid of her own guilt. Now I say guilt, gentlemen, because it was guilt that motivated her. She's committed no crime. She has merely broken a rigid and time-honored code of our society. A code so severe that whoever breaks it is hounded from our midst, is unfit to live with. She must destroy the evidence of her offense. But what was the evidence of her offense? Tom Robinson, a human being. She must put Tom Robinson away from her. Tom Robinson was to her a daily reminder of what she did. Now, what did she do? She tempted a Negro. She was white, and she tempted a Negro. She did something that in our society is unspeakable. She kissed a black man. Not an old uncle, but a strong, young, Negro man. 
cold mattered to her before she broke it. But it came crashing down on her afterwards. The witnesses for the state, with the exception of the sheriff of Macon County, have presented themselves to you gentlemen, to this court. And the cynical confidence that their testimony would not be doubted. Confident that you gentlemen would go along with them on the assumption. The evil assumption that all Negroes lie. All Negroes are basically immoral beings. All Negro men are not to be trusted around our women. An assumption that one associates with minds of their caliber. And which is in itself, gentlemen, a lie. Which I do not need to point out to you. And so, a quiet, humble, respectable Negro, who has had the unmitigated temerity to feel sorry for a white woman has had to put his word against two white peoples. The defendant is not guilty, but somebody in this courtroom is. Now, gentlemen, in this country, our courts are the great levelers. In our courts, all men are created equal. I'm no idealist to believe firmly in the integrity of our courts and of our jury system. That's no ideal to me. That is a living, working reality. I am confident that you gentlemen will review without passion the evidence that you have heard, come to a decision, and restore this man to his family. In the name of God, do your duty. In the name of God, believe Tom Robinson. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msociatewfyi.org, also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Soci. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog with a new installment that you can check out at filmsociology.tumblr. Let me turn that up. Filmsociology.tumblr.com. <laughs> That's uh, the voice you heard is Kobe Slagle working on his menu for Sunday's Academy Awards. Big day. And if you're listening to this on Monday, you'll find out what Kobe ate. Uh, yes, I know. I we we got so caught up in last week's festivities that we forgot to do a tribute to Harper Lee. So of course we started the show with, uh, for me, one of the finest monologues in the history of cinema, and that's Atticus Finch's closing arguments done by Gregory Peck and Tacoma Mockingbird. So yes, Harper Lee, um, almost a well, the uh, one and done when it comes to literature. Although the sequel was published, but. Uh, 
Yeah, hard, hard to, hard to beat To Kill a Mockingbird in anything. Is it a sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird? No, or is it a it's it's story? it's a different story, and so I guess same characters are different. Characters? Same same characters, okay. but it's anyway. You started reading it. I did. Well, I'm doing the audiobooks. Because I don't always have the time to read, so I just like to sit on a plane or whatever I'm doing, just listen to a story. There you go. And I get through it quicker. And and now that she's chimed in, Kobe, do we have her intro ready? It's um, me. No, I was looking for it. I know. Fair Sweet Bianca is here, but we have <laughs> to play the intro. Never find my intro. No, he, don't worry. He's not exclusively doing this. Thing. He forgets everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Don't. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You had me at hello. For the first time in my whole life, I realized I totally and utterly loved one person. And it wasn't the person standing next to me in the veil. It's the person standing opposite me now in the rain. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. Don't forget. I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy. Asking you to love her. I've come here with no expectations. Only to profess now that I am at liberty to do so. That my heart is and always will be yours. There you go. That's... Guess who's back? <laughs> the sappy romantic I correspondent. Would... I would love an intro to my intro to start with um, the trolley song. Oh, now she's get, <laughs> just, at this point in the at this point in our existence. Now she's has requests for her intro. That. I was like, you know, that ding ding ding. That'd be nice introduction. That is now part of her introduction. <laughs> How'd that go again? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, the Slagles are in the house. That's the only thing missing is Frank. Again, oh, we're going to get his purring. Purring and rubbing his face up against the microphone. And for the record, Frank is a cat, mm. just so we're clear on that. All right. Big weekend. Academy Awards are, are, are happening. Or if you're listening to this on Monday, they've happened. Woo! You're too late. You can go to the blog and see if I was right. <laughs> <laughs> And and don't and again, Bianca, don't worry. He does this with everybody. I will talk about a clip for a minute, and he'll just sit there. No, you will not. <laughs> just... You'll talk about a clip for like ten seconds, and think that that's enough time for me to find to it. to snap into magic magic time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, oh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, but but we'll get to the Oscars in a little bit. But first, there is there is uh. Three films opening in theaters this weekend. Okay, Kobe, mm-hmm. I would like a trailer for one of the films I'm going to mention. I thought you were about to run through a plot summary no. in which I was going to get out my responses folder. No, not yet. <laughs> but I think this might be a trailer we could talk over. Okay. Okay. Opening in theaters today, we have uh, Eddie the Eagle with with uh, Hugh Jackman and the kid from Kingsman. Uh, we have Gods of Egypt with Gerard Butler, which looks like 300, but it isn't. And it looks like Rise, but it isn't. But uh, opening in theaters, the film I got, to, uh, I got to see this morning, or a few days ago, depending on when you're listening to this show, brunch time. Um, but it's the latest film from John Hillcoat, the Australian film director who gave us Lawless, uh, The Proposition, a, a 
That's a dirty, grungy Western, if there ever was one, from uh, that I really, really liked. And The Road, the uh, Viggo Mortensen film based on the Carmack uh, McCarthy novel. But it's called Triple Nine, and it's a, it's a crime pot boiler oh. of the finest sense with a really, really, probably too good for its own good cast. Uh, you have Tuatel Ejiofor. <laughs> Or as we, as he was affectionately called, the English African American. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> thanks, Abdul. And for the record, Abdul didn't say that. That was one of his old callers. But uh, Chuatel Ejiofor, Aaron Paul, who's looking more and more like David Arquette as time goes on. Breaking Bad will do that to you, probably. Um, you have Anthony Mackie, Casey Affleck, and Kate Winslet. And uh, so, anyway, here's here's the uh, pot boiler trailer for this. Out here. <laughs> There is no good, and there is no bad. To survive out here, you gotta out-monster the monster. Can you do that? Give him hell, baby. Bye, Dad. Everybody listen up! Marcus, you got a new partner. Allow me to introduce Chris. Hey, sir, can we talk about this? Hell no. The rules around here are different. You better learn fast. You fucking How's your job going? I'm trying to make a difference. Police! He's on the run! Get down! Get down! We're family. Your job? Get home at the end of the night. Let's make this one for the books. I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say about this. Oh, 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 oh. Yelling. Call just went out. Two and a half minutes. Rules. Crime rules. Thrusting. What you got for me? We're we dealing with the format team. They got pictures of my family. Be careful Danger. what you against the Google tweet page. This guy's the leader. You gotta ask yourself, who's <laughs> that fourth guy? Don't make me regret pulling you cops in for this. You all right? Yeah, man. I'm good. You? It's like the changing of the gods. We changing out the frauds. I see these lions hard like my name Violence. is Violence. I'm gonna find out what you're fixing to do. Crime action things happening. He's about to go down. I don't have a problem taking out a cop. Intense driving sequences. There's gotta be a different way. I do a cop just like that. There is no limit to what desperate men will do when pushed. Oscar winner. (laughs) Weird accent. Triple nine, officer down. Please respond, all units. All right. <laughs> oh, I should also mention Clifton Collins is in the in the fray of this, as well as Woody Harrelson, who's having a fun time as a as an aging police officer, and also plays the uncle of Casey Affleck. Uh, once again, we this is radio, so we do not have Kobe watching trailer cam. Mm-mm. We have to get that into the budget. <laughs> so, what your 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 impressions while watching this trailer, sir? Lots I've, of really good people in it. Yeah, playing cops and robbers, basically. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you are about to say, oh God, this is a really good crime action drama. If you've never seen a crime action drama film. I'm glad you're wrong. (laughs) 
No, I do. It is, yeah, there is there is nothing new to, it brings nothing new to the table, but you have really good actors doing it. Although, you know, although Kate, Wins- Kate Winslet plays a Russian mobster's wife, and she her husband's in jail, and so she's taking over the business, although he calls via the phone. Uh, that's a little bit of traffic. There's, of course, you can think of a dozen crime dramas that uh, it, uh, you can think of that reminds you of this. Of course, you're thinking mm-hmm. of shootouts with heat. This is supposed to be set in Atlanta, which may be the Los Angeles of the South. <laughs> Could be, <laughs> you know. But the uh, but part of it is there's a mixture of you have Chiwetel Ejiofor and uh, Aaron Paul, who are the criminals uh, that help are part of this heist. Anthony Mackey and uh, Clifton Collins Jr. are actual police officers, corrupt cops. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. So and uh, and then Casey Affleck's character, like I said, his his uh, his uncle is played by Woody Harrelson, who's also in the department, and he becomes so Affleck becomes Mackie's character or uh, becomes Mackie's partner. So it it it's it there is a pretty decent tangled web. Um, is it familiar plot points? Yeah, but I like the web it weaves. So you have and you have good performances across the board. I think Chuatel Ejiofor, he he just fascinates me no matter what he does. I think he he might have that bulletproof that bulletproof uh aura to him that he's always good even if the film is not. And there's a few actors that are able to get away with it. I think Tom Hardy is one of those. Um and we'll get to Mr. Hardy a little later on with the Academy Awards. But uh, but yeah, I like this more than I probably should. So and it helps because it's that time of year where you know, post Oscar waiting, and you know the post Oscar, and then pre summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what we call a dry spell. And, yeah, and uh, and this one's this one's pretty good. Well, according to Chris Lloyd, what March is the new Memorial Day? Right. Yes. Well, so we don't have much well, and much then, time left. And, well, however, we will get Batman versus Superman, depending on how excited you are. But are you are you excited about Batman versus Superman? Fair sweet Bianca. No, not okay. yeah. You have whatsoever. to say no. <laughs> she, she shook her head before no, saying I, no, which doesn't I, help for radio. Shake no, is not was, audible. <laughs> it was supposed to be a dramatic silence it, it, and just be like, no. <laughs> or we just okay. have, or we just have Archer's version of that. Nope. So no, nope. I uh, I like nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or listen, well, Kobe, is it up there again? What? I want, I want to, I want to yeah. test that, make sure it works. It's set in England in World War One. Nope. <laughs> it, it works. Yeah, it works. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think this is, this is, this is a fun watch, and and I bet it'll be an, an even more fun rental. Yes, 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 yes. So there you go. That's out there, Kobe. Yeah. How are things at your alma mater? Uh. You know, you weren't ready for. Oh <laughs> no, man. I got it here. Okay, I just, hadn't, right. I just hadn't read through it. Okay, um, this afternoon uh, at three o'clock, we have. Well, it's sold out, unfortunately. Well, but, uh, now now let's just grind it into the heel. Uh, <laughs> labyrinth. Oh, oh, that would have been is that fun. Pan's Labyrinth? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Please clarify. <laughs> this is the one with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. Ooh. I think I have an old film for Bianca to watch. Oh, yeah. The Goblin King? Never heard of it. It's from 1986, so it's not, you know. It's, it's from the 80s. It's fantasy. Yes. Yeah, okay. Not a fantasy fan? Mm, it depends. Well, actually, I can't say that because I do like Twilight and Harry Potter. Yeah, I was going to say, so, you got you to love No, I think it just, de- it just depends on what kind of fantasy. It's not 70s fantasy, so it's cleaner. Uh <laughs> 
So yeah. Oh, you. I think you should check that out. You should go. To, well, of course it's going to be sold out. It's Labyrinth on a College Campus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, David Bowie gets to to vamp it up as the Goblin King, and still too young for words. Uh, Jennifer Connelly trying to rescue her brother and and away from the Goblin King and and running through a labyrinth. So it it's got a cult following from from my child, my teenage years. So that's good. But that's sold out. Anyway. That is sold out. But then uh, at seven o'clock they have the 2015 drama Rams. Yes, the Icelandic comedy, yes. which has been uh, talked about here on NPR. So that, yeah, I wish I, I could see that. Monday the 29th at 7 p.m., Back on Board, 2014 documentary. Okay. Um, Tuesday, March 1st, 7 p.m., English Vinglish, 2012 comedy drama. Already. Thursday the 3rd, 7 p.m., The Danish Girl, Standing Room Only. Whoa, that's a long time to stand. <laughs> Two hours. Concerts. I know. <laughs> You've never stood for a film, correct? No. No. Friday, six thirty, Cartel Land. Ah, uh, yes, saw that documentary. Not bad. Followed up at nine thirty by The Russian Woodpecker. Okay, Voody. A war documentary. Oh, not about Voody. No. 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 <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's, hey, the IMA's got stuff going on. I was about to say, because there's no drive-ins in nope. February. That's that's a that's a bad idea. Drive-ins be opening up in March, though, so we're just I, around you know, the corner. Has a, the Dairy Queen in my, I think I told you, the Dairy mm-hmm. Queen in my uh, neck of the woods opened up already. Mm-hmm. Fun seeing people in winter coats waiting outside for a blizzard. I need a peanut butter parfait because Ru- I feel like it's stacked. February. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Friday, next Friday, uh, the 4th at the IMA, Speedy. With the Indianapolis Chamber Orchestra, silent film, love oh, cool, good, like that. There you have it. Do you discuss the Metropolitan Operas that are at the movie? Oh, theaters? the Fathom events. You, yeah. Um, well, you can now well, that you brought it up. Well, it's not playing anymore, <laughs> but we saw. I don't, but you can. We went a couple of weeks ago and saw Turandot. the you, opera. You and Kobe? Yeah, we went with one of my friends and Kobe. Kobe. You didn't tell me you saw an opera. No. That's cool. Yeah, it is yeah. cool. It's real. It's really awesome to see it on, like at the movie theater, because mm-hmm. um, you can eat and you can eat and drink and not interrupt the action. And you can yeah. see facial expressions, and you can <sighs> see the costumes. Yeah. You can see the set design. You can have your bear claws. Mm-hmm. You can have a bear. We had orange chicken from Panda Express. They let you bring in food. No. No. Oh, oh! <laughs> I was gonna say, funny. I don't remember the AMC orange chicken section. Yeah. Uh, nobody. We here at Film Sociology do not endorse. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like a, I like a, I like a large butter popcorn and a medium orange chicken. Yeah. Yes, that would be awesome. White rice, not brown. White rice. rice that's right. <laughs> Extra soy pick sauce. Pick your protein. Pick your starch. No vegetables. <laughs> Um, have you seen one of the Metropolitan Operas? I have not seen the operas there. And it's funny you mentioned that because, of course, Ken Ludwig's comedy, Lend Me a Tenor, runs March 4th, 5th, 11th, and 12th at Scottish Rite Cathedral. Tickets are available. Uh, 7.30 p.m. all four nights, as well as a 2 p.m. matinee on Saturday the 12th. And uh, that's happening at Scottish Rite Cathedral, 650 North Meridian Street. <laughs> <laughs> and it's directed by yours truly. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. 
segwayed out of that. <laughs> so, so to your original question, dear, no, I have not seen. I have not, I have not seen operas at the theater. Now, I know, and I've not been to concerts yet. I have gone, we have gone, Emma and I have gone to uh, uh, Riff Tracks mm-hmm. uh, when, when they've when been. they talk over the. Uh, yes, yeah. when they riff on the movies, okay. yes. I, for, I haven't seen, we haven't seen one of no. those, but there was, I thought there was one that you saw that. Mm-mm. No, we've okay. so we've done because they riff tracks will do it two three times a year and it's always fun and we've had a couple of the guests a couple of the riff trackers on on the program, a um, lot of fun. The other thing about riff tracks, which is fun, is uh, the the deal is of course is that you purchase the MP3, and then you can watch the movie at home and play the MP3 at the same oh, time cool. because like, for, Wizard of the, like the Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon, kinda yeah. <laughs> Oh, you don't have the horn for that? <laughs> no, I got, I got too much stuff going on here. Okay. Um, well, for years, because it's uh, three guys that were involved with Mystery Science Theater, and, and one of the things that they were always harangued about, bugged about, was why don't you guys do, like, big movies? Well, a studio's not going to let you make fun of its movie. So, uh, so anyway, they were able to get around this by doing the MP3. And uh, now, if you go on YouTube, um, you can see clips of them uh, riffing on the uh, much bigger movies. Um, I have to admit, um, if you go on YouTube, one of the most popular riff tracks uh, in the history of riff tracks is uh, is their treatment of Twilight. Oh yes. <laughs> full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I've shown these clips to your husband, and uh, they they are quite entertaining. And he the- laughed. Oh yeah, yeah. He thought it was funny. Everybody, be- of it. everybody betray her. She yes. fed up with this world. <laughs> so uh, it's it's out there if you want to check that out. So there you go. So no, I will work on trying to see an opera. I've been hearing a lot of opera music while working on the show, so I might need a slight break. You know, cleanse my palate with twenty one twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get into Shakespeare yeah. this summer. <laughs> A lot of Caruso in my in my uh, day to day the last couple months. I'm just saying. There's other stuff going on, other film stuff going on. Please, just oh, remembered. now we veered back into the film show because yep. we will pass this along to Stephen Stolen We're and just... Opera Matinee. Oh wait, that show doesn't exist anymore. Cruising all over the road. We, here. You know what? The, the show is wonderfully all over the place. Mm-hmm. There, you know, everybody, everybody listening right now is still with us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Today, well, I know. Yesterday what. and today. Yeah. Uh, Art Craft Theater in Franklin, dial in for murder. Oh, that's good. Is is that in three D? Um, not sure. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. Still good. Still a good. Uh, good thriller from Alfred Hitchcock with uh, Ray Milland and Grace Kelly. And then next week we talk about it. Um, last week, but the Heartland Film Fest Best of the Fest is coming to the Art Craft next weekend, the fourth through well, the fourth and fifth. With Waffle Street, Right Footed, Oddball, and One Day in April. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Got to have those. Got to have those events throughout the year. Just to remind, it's not. It's not just for the what ten, twelve days that the festival yeah. is happening. Very good. See, there's a lot to do out there, despite the weather. Even though you really shouldn't be concerned with the weather, because a lot of y'all are lifelong Midwesterners and you have no excuse. So there. All right, let's let's take a short break. Kobe, are we ready for a break? Yeah. And then we'll talk about what's on DVD and Blu-ray, as well as our Oscar picks and dead people we like. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show, here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org.
Are either one of these any good? Sir? What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Just go, just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster Video! Wow, what a difference! Well, in case you didn't see it, here it is again. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org, also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Soce. The Slagles are in-house with me today. Always fun to have them on, especially... <laughs> especially on... See, we have, we have real and false horns. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> Always fun to have on this Oscar weekend because we, yeah, anytime we try to mix, we, we sometimes desperately want this to sound like a sports talk show, even though it's a film talk show. Thus, the horn and your Tyler Hansborough information. Yeah, what are you thinking of combine? Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> yes, right. It is this weekend. Yep. I was I was at the Slippery Noodle on uh, on Thursday night and got to meet a number of the team doctors. Oh really? From the NFL, yeah. Marty Bacon, the general manager, knows a bunch of those guys. I what found are out the doctors doing here. They're studying the guys, no. you know, because it's not just for the coaches to look at guys in shorts throwing to guys in shorts. I thought it was. No, it's slightly more than that. I think they're also you know, probably physical questions, also wanting to study them, make sure. Uh, yeah. So there so. is a little bit of that. But, yeah, they were all over the noodle on Thursday. Okay. Um, we got some DVD and Blu-ray titles. And, actually, good timing for the film Spotlight, which is uh, making its DVD and Blu-ray uh, debut this week, this was my number one film of the year. This is my, um, you know, I have my Oscar predictions, which we'll get to in a bit. And, of course, there is what I think will win. And, of course, there is what I think should win. And I, I think Spotlight should win, even though I don't think it will. And I would love, and I know Chris Lloyd at the Film Yap picked it as a will win and uh, and and bully for him on that. Um, obviously, w- the Academy Awards, besides being an award show, it's also big business, and uh, and so hopefully, Spotlight will get a much wider audience because it came. Besides the fact that it's up for Best Picture, but it's also coming out on video the week of the Oscars. So, uh, and and have you seen Spotlight? No, I'm hoping to see it this weekend. Though. There you go. So that's that's what they're getting at. Um, that's the the for me that's the best of the lot. The second best of the lot. There's four films I got to I got to watch. Spotlight I'd already seen, and then uh, a film that I know got mentioned in the snub department and for and it was for uh, best animated feature, but the it's I think it's the uh, known as the other Dixie Disney Pixar film, The Good Dinosaur. Kobe and I did see that. What do you mean the it, other Disney? Well, Inside Out. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. So, Inside Out's the best. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. And I love the it best, so much. Capital T, capital B, um, or the best of the year? Maybe the best of the year. There you go. Um, <laughs> I did love that film though, and so at Christmas time we went and saw the Good Dinosaur, and I had my hopes up and my expectations were very high, and it kind of 
kind of disappointed. But you still enjoyed it? I still did. Uh, yes, it was very enjoyable. I, I get where you're coming from because there are there's a couple this this really shouldn't be a shock if you've seen enough Disney films. A couple of the plot points are death of a parent and finding your way back home. Mm-hmm. Which you know, to be fair, Inside Out already did that as well. I mean, there's if you think Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc. Who dies Inc. in Inside Out? No parent dies. Okay, I'm at the Finding Your Way Home plot. Oh, point. you're saying either or. Either or. Oh. Either or. Sorry. Um, well, a little girl's dreams die in Inside Out, <laughs> but anyway, that's not apparent. Um, no, 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 no. no, it's wait, not. wait, no, wait, yeah, Big Daddy, just to clarify. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's not ready. No, it's not. <laughs> I have so much audio here, and it's in so many different no. places. <laughs> That's not what I said. What the hell is that? <laughs> what was that? I have no idea. What anyway, okay. back to back to Good Dinosaur, before we were distracted by Don Johnson and some voice on the internet. Um, no, the, the, those two story, those two moments are very common in Disney films. Of course, I'm, I'm sure somebody has done the par- the Disney parental death montage on YouTube. No, we won't play it. Um, <laughs> what you want that? <laughs> so, um, of course, dinosaur trying to find his way back home. Um, the least adventurous, but he uh, big surprise. He, he winds up getting some adventures as well as a human pet, mm-hmm. or a pet that is human. Um, we have a let's see a couple. Always fun to hear Sam Elliott this time yeah. playing a giant shinned dinosaur. Uh, yes, they do make fun of the fact that you can be a giant dinosaur and your arms are like toothpicks, and there's nothing you can do about it. Steve Zahn, Francis McDormand, Jeffrey Wright. Um, what I what I really like the most out of the Good Dinosaur. I mean, like I said, it's it's familiar stories, but it is done very well. It is a it is an emotional heart punch. Um, but the scenery of the the uh, the, the nature shots of yeah. this are really impressive. You know, I was asking Kobe about that while we watched it because it seemed as if it were like filmed live shots. And then, yeah, there there is that moment is, of it looks there? like it's filmed. No, I think it's it's all computer. That we've That's come a pretty lo- good. Then. Yeah, we've come a long way technology wise. I forgot about that until you mentioned it. But yeah, I remember watching it, I, thinking the like... nature, the shots of of just the landscape are really, really impressive. Yes. So I and that that really stuck with me at times more than the characters itself. Although again, they're they're really nice characters. They're and and you know the young or younger at heart that you Except are. The pterodactyl. Well, yes, of course. You have He's to have a foil. Even nice. if he is voiced by spazzy Steve Zahn, which is always a fun thing. Um, but anyway, I would say, yeah, go check it out. And, and you know, this it might have been, for all we know, that could have been the sixth uh, sixth feature in the uh, in the Oscar now race. That was a good movie. It was a good movie. So tell me why the Peanuts movie got snubbed. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so first off... <laughs> Wow. Okay. Where do I start? Wow. No, you're just very strident on that. I like that. So, of the five, so here's the question. So, I do, so which one do you take out? You take uh, Anomalisa. Didn't see it. Exactly. Boy in the World, Didn't which, see it. which I have not seen yet. Inside Out. Awesome. Probably, you know, okay, probably your argument, Sean the Sheep movie. Mm, don't although, like Claymation. Really? Yeah. Ardman? Not, not even, so, so no. British? No, yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Just stating a. Fact. Did you hear? Yeah, but the tone of that. And then uh, isn't when, that British? <laughs> and then when Marnie was there, didn't see it. 
would, and for me, that's that would be my pick. I think I think that was the best animated film of the year. So, but I mean, but as far as the 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 criteria, we have you know you have the big studio film, you have your Disney thing, you have your Japanese film with Win Marnie, you have your British, British. with Sean the Sheep, um, and Anomalisa, which is Charlie Kaufman, and stop motion. Um, and then you have in, um, and then Boy in the World. There's always like one one of those films, and some would say with Marnie was there two films that um, aren't as known and will hopefully get a wider release. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would I would all right. I would say I'd say Peanuts film is below Good Dinosaur on the if on the were, pecking if order. If there were seven, if there were right, if if they do it with <laughs> Best Picture, where you can get up to ten. I would probably say Peanuts film's probably in the lower half. Okay. So, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, other couple, A couple other titles of note on DVD and Blu-ray. So, I, I got to see my guy, Chuatel Ejiofor, in Triple Nine. He's also in a film that's out on DVD. That, that also out uh, by Universal. Another one of uh, what looked like, a, on paper, a high-profile film. It just kind of fell by the wayside. And it's the crime drama Secret in Their Eyes. And this teams up Chiwetel Ejiofor with Julia Roberts and Nicole Kidman, and uh, it's it goes uh, it's directed by Billy Ray, who gave us uh, the one of the best films about journalism called Shattered Glass, and also gave us the governmental thriller Breach. But it's a remake of I believe a Spanish film, and it's uh, Ejiofor and Roberts are partners. They work in a police crime unit in Los Angeles. It starts in right after nine eleven, and. Uh, there's a murder that happens near a mosque that's under investigation, and the the body is of Roberts's daughter, and so there is that necessity to a special necessity to go and find uh, the the police officer's daughter's killer. Uh, Nicole Kidman plays an up and coming who winds up becoming the district attorney for uh, for Los Angeles, but there. Um, is we find out the person who they thought was the killer was released, and then 13 years later, Ejiofor thinks uh, he has found the he's found the killer who really was uh, let let go due to circumstantial evidence. It's a downer film. Um, it <laughs> sounds like it that. is a downer film. Really, really nice performances from the trio, and this is also an attempt for Julia Roberts to kind of deglamorize herself. Um, playing a police officer as well as playing a, a grief-stricken mother. Um, and, and a couple plot twists that happened that really shouldn't surprise anybody, and now you, you kind of understand why they did this film. So it's overall it's okay. You, you go for the performances and then watch Bob's Burgers afterwards to cleanse your palate. Mm. Do you have something? With... No, you don't. No, <laughs> no, not, really. <laughs> no not that. I filled that in. So anyway, that's also out there, as well as the uh, the directorial debut of writer Angelo Pizzo, the man, of course, who gave us uh, Rudy and Hoosiers and was also a film sociology guest. This is called My All-American. Uh, this is one with Aaron Eckhart, and it's based on the story of Freddie Steinmark, who was an a up-and-coming player at Texas in, uh, in the 60s. And became the uh, inspiration to the Texas Longhorns, and then he developed a rare form of cancer, which uh, ended his career quite quickly, but became uh, an emotional, uh, an emotional beacon for the Texas Longhorns. Mm. And and so I've seen a thirty for thirty on because uh, I believe it was about the talking about the uh, Texas Oklahoma game that he made an appearance at, and of course was the inspiration to drive the Longhorns. So I I knew the story. 
I, I you know I enjoy Angelo, and of course Angelo has a uh, an, in, you know obviously roots here with Indiana. Um, this probably would have had a greater impact on me twenty years ago, thirty years ago, since we have sports movies coming out what every two or three months, mm. and they're almost always inspirational. Um, I will give Aaron Eckhart credit; he does not do Coach Yelly Screamy. Coach Joseph Yelly Screamy. So he downplays it. But but there is, a, and I know a, there a couple of the FJA guys have talked about, the the opening scene is is set in modern time, and you have an aging, you have Aaron Eckhart in not very flattering old age makeup being interviewed by a college student who talks about who his favorite All-American was, and he brings up Freddie Steinmark, to which the uh, befuddled student journalist says, well, he wasn't an All-American. And Aaron Eckhart's reply was, he was my All-American. Little heavy. Little heavy hand a little bit. Le- Guess what? Lots of montages. It's of- also an art film. It's not an art <laughs> film. It's a moving art. It's a moving picture. I can't remember if it was a truly moving picture. But uh, you also have, Kobe, when a team is really good, you get a montage with a rock song as they plow through the entire schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens as well. And the sports game, you know, the the big game, the big downfall, and the big rise probably could be tightened in half. What do you, you got? drink your haterade. I and do you drink my hater. Being a hater. Ah, because I'm dismissing an inspirational true story, I am a hater. There you go. That's good. Those are your <laughs> words, that dear. That was me. That was you. Yes, you're part of the the film sociology lexicon. <laughs> um, also on DVD and Blu-ray in the old title department, Criterion is put out. One of the pinnacle films of the late 60s, Mike Nichols, The Graduate. Dustin Hoffman, ah. Anne Bancroft, Catherine Ross. Um, have you seen The Graduate? No. Got to work on that. Not in a long time. One of the finest films about lost youth. Uh, Mike Nichols' <laughs> second film following Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the great now what moments. I had it my freshman year of college. I had a, a professor, T.F. Macy, who spent an ent- and this was uh, spent an entire week on The Graduate, which uh, I thought was a brilliant move on his part. And uh, but, yeah, great film. Go go check it out, especially. Uh, and that's one I think also like The Big Chill that you could watch every five years because your own life experiences may alter your viewpoint of the film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Uh, how are we doing on time, Cobe? Uh, we're good. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to shift gears a little bit and give to- Kobe some time. Yeah. Do we have one of Chris Lloyd's finest contributions? Because we're going to get to dead people we like first, and then we'll finish the show with uh, Oscar stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, man. See, <laughs> doing our uh, the annual show of uh, dead people we like. <laughs> there's a there's a pretty big one this we week. We don't yeah. have time for dead people we don't like. Yes. So we we terrible. it is terrible or it's tourable. Um, so we're caught up with Harper Lee. So sorry that we're a late a week late on that. Um, we have French cinematographer Jean Rebert, who um, if anything else, you and I, and you being a musical fan, Fair Sweet Bianca, you should check out the 1964 musical The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Featuring Catherine Deneuve. I've never heard of it. That's why I'm telling you. So <laughs> jot these down. If you hear scribbling, it's Fair Sweet Bianca. Yeah. Now she's a Foley artist. She just, <laughs> she just ran her nail across a piece of paper. That's good. I was scribbling. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of French films, including uh, Blue Panther, Enchanted Isles, Six in Paris. Um, 
then got to do, was able to do a, uh, and there were times, of course, and it still happens today, where you have uh, uh, directors from other countries that start to make their American debut, and uh, was part of a American-European action film, Cold Sweat, from 1970, with Charles Bronson and James Mason. This is also one of those film titles that nobody's quite sure who has the rights to the film, mm. so you get those knockoffs. And if you see something that says the Charles Bronson collection, that's probably going to be a part of it. <laughs> so someday maybe we'll get a good po- a print of Cold Sweat, just like we have received a, d- a better print of uh, Night of the Living Dead. But uh, anyway, and then final film from 1991, Madame Bovary. Which I'm, I think that would be something you and your mom I would know, watch. I know, I was just okay. thinking that too. Um, cinematographer Douglas Douglas Slocum passed away February 22nd at the age of 103. Wow. His credits go all the way back to 1940. Um, English Englishman, uh, probably the first film of note from 1949, Kind Hearts and Coronets, as well as The Lavender Hill Mob in 1951. Um, really kicked into high gear in the mid-60s with films like A High Wind in Jamaica, The Blue Max, Fathom, the 1967 spy spoof starring Raquel Welch. Google image that. Um, (laughs) Also, The Fearless Vampire Killers from Roman Polanski, Boom, the camp classic with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, the great film The Lion in Winter, the original Italian Job with Michael Caine, uh, Ken Russell's The Music Lovers, Murphy's War with uh, Peter O'Toole, his first Academy Award nomination for the George Kukar film Travels with My Aunt, starring young Maggie Smith, Jesus Christ Superstar, the 1970s version of The Great Gatsby, The Destructors, the original Rollerball from 75, The Sailor Who Fell from Grace with the Sea, Nasty Habits, a second nomination came from the Fred Zimmerman film Julia, uh, Lost and Found, his third nomination, he was the director of photography for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. Yep, The Pirates of Penzance, that's the one with Kevin Klein, Angela Lansbury, and Linda Ronstadt. You should check that out. Uh, Never Say Never Again, the uh, Indian, that's the James Bond film with Sean Connery that's not a broccoli one. He also did uh, director of photography for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. 1986's Lady Jane with a young Carrie Elwes and a young Helena Bonham Carter, also on Bianca's list. His final film, 1989, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Not bad. Nope. Not a bad film work. Then we have, of course, here at Film Sociology, we are pro that person, mm-hmm. that guy, that lady. And this one has a little little hometown feel for me. Character actor Tony Burton died uh, February 25th at the age of 78, originally from Flint, Michigan. You know him as he played Duke. He was Apollo Creed's trainer. In the Rocky movies. Ah. <laughs> that dude. So, finding out more about him, because that's what happens when no bits happen. Uh, graduated from Flint Northern High School in 1955. Played football, all city, all varsity as a halfback. Also led the Vikings baseball team to a city title as a pitcher. Won two Flint Golden Glove light heavyweight titles as a boxer. I think he had a 16, what was his record? Um... But yeah, had a it was a professional fighter for a while. Also served three and a half years in prison for robbery in Chino. But uh, but after that, after prison, enrolled in the actor studio wow. and started working uh, before Rocky. 
Uh, yes, I actually own. Oh, he was sixteen and three as a fighter uh, from nineteen seventy four. Yes, I own the role where he plays Sonny Spider Brown, that Spider with a Y, in the Black Godfather. Was also in the Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings, the original Assault on Precinct Thirteen, directed by John Carpenter, and yeah, did all all the Rocky films as well as Heroes. He was also in one. He had one cool scene in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. He's on the phone with Scatman Crothers. Oh. And he probably spent three months working on that. Yeah. But But the other thing that's kind of cool is um, Tony Burton was a chess player. Because I always remember him playing chess with one of the Russian guys in Rocky IV. Well, apparently he played chess and defeated Stanley Kubrick. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Also appeared briefly in Stir Crazy, Inside Moves, The Toy, Armed and Dangerous, was in the uh, Tim Reed short-lived series Frank's Place, Um, Black Rose of Harlem featuring Ball State graduate Cinda Williams. He was in Hook, House Party 2, Side Out, Shade. And uh, as people are saying, he had one scene in in, uh, Rocky Balboa. He was not in Creed, but he was in Rocky Balboa, where people said he looked like Art Shell. So, anyway, that's a cool, that's a cool, interesting life to have. And yeah, so, from a from <laughs> one fellow Flintstone to another, salute Tony, like that. Yeah, that's what we call ourselves. <laughs> okay, Academy Awards are happening Sunday night, and if you're listening Monday, ta-da! You can go to uh, filmsociology.tumblr.org and see my Oscar picks for entertainment purposes only. So I will just open up the floor, Kobe Bianca. What do you uh, What do you want to see win? Uh, I, honestly, I did not see. Um, I I saw like nothing that's nominated for anything ever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> ever remember, in your remember, whole remember, life. like a few years ago when we had the Kobe Saves Hollywood tour. Yeah, kind yeah, of derailed that, a bit. Yeah, it uh, lost funding. Yeah, that's a shame. The only film I have seen is Brooklyn, so that gets my vote. (laughs) (laughs) She's honest. That's Well, you know what? Academy voters have voted for less. So, all right, so here you go. Your Best best Picture nominees, you have eight this year. The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. Why would Mad Max get nominated? Because that film kicks ass and it's fun <laughs> as hell. That's why. Okay. <laughs> because it rattles your senses. It was also my number two film of the year. It seems it's a little that scary. Good. Oh, and scary films are not allowed to be nominated? <laughs> no, it's. It, I'm just. I'm just stating what I saw, and I saw little bits and pieces of it. It's very intense and real stunts done by real stunt people. Oh, that's right. And CG. Maybe that's why it was nominated. Not to mention the girl empowerment when you (laughs) rent it sometime, because it's not just about Charlize Theron. It's about saving the the. It was about saving the women from the scary guy, as well as the old Australian women that help out Max and Charlize Theron's character. Tom Hardy, much to his credit. Kind of, it's almost a silent performance. He's kind of by the put by the wayside, even though his name's in the title. Yeah, um, he's quite good. So I, you should, you should definitely check that out. I think, I hope, I'm hoping George Miller gets gets best director. Um, you now there's a lot of people that will say that best picture and best director should be the same. I feel the same way about writing. Um, if I was voting, I would, I would pick Spotlight. I have a weird feeling that they're going to give it to The Revenant. Even though the director won last year for Birdman, it's it's uh, it's a as close to a sweeping epic as 
well, it's too, it's it's a sweeping epic, but it's not Mad Max, um, which I think is also a sweeping epic, but also very violent and lots of cars crashing in. So <clears throat> anyway, I think that's that's how they're going to go. Um, and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, show new show next week. <laughs> Basically how it goes. Um, actor in a leading role. You have uh, Brian Cranston for Trumbo, Matt Damon for The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, and Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Girl. I think it's just Leo against the rest of the pack. I think Eddie Redmayne's going to take it. He got one last year. I know. So did Tom Hanks. He had two in a year. So uh, I like I liked The Danish Girl. I, did, I just didn't love it. And I didn't it, see that one, but a, I just have a feeling, just knowing what the plot and everything is okay that he's going to take it again all right there is that um i would i was i think that they're finally going to give it to to dicaprio finally yeah it's not but by the way it's not a performance it's an endurance test if you watch what he goes through um i mean it's he's just sweating there if i was voting i'd give it to brian cranston for trumbo because that's just a fun performance and and i really like the film um, actress in the leading role, you have, of course, Kate Blanchett for Carol, or as we like to call it, Cheryl. Um, Brie Larson for Room, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years, and Sasha Ronan for your film, Brooklyn. So we already know who gets my vote. Sasha Ronan? Yes. All right. It's a, you know, that's a tough one. Is I think it Sasha? That's how you say her name? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Even though it's spelled Irish? There, know. if you go on YouTube, I believe, or Jimmy Fallon's, I, I think there's a sequence where she was interviewed, and she made him pronounce Irish names. It's fun. Um, I think they're. Good, I think this year they'll give it to Brie Larson for Room. I mean, that's a very intense film. That was also my number three film this year. Um, of dealing, you know, and you, it's kind of two films in one. What happens when they're trapped, and then what happens when they get out, even though they're trapped for different reasons. Um, if I was voting, I'd give it to Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. That's just a heartbreaking performance, and I'm still thinking about it two months after I watched it. Um, supporting actor, we have Christian Bale for The Big Short, Tom Hardy for The Revenant, Mark Ruffalo for Spotlight, Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, and Sylvester Stallone for Creed. I didn't see anything. I know. I, I There are also times, of course, with the Academy Awards, we'll give you a Career Achievement Award or a Comeback Award or sometimes both. We're looking at you, Sly. <laughs> and it is a really good performance. And I was wrong. I said I, I was once asked if it was Oscar content, an Oscar contender months and months ago, and I said no, and I was wrong. But uh, but he's quite good in it. Um so I think that's a slam dunk. Uh, supporting actress, Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight. Rooney Mara for Carol. Cheryl. Rachel McAdams for Spotlight. Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. And Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. You all right over there, Cope? Did you strain I, I, a muscle? No, I forgot about The Hateful Eight. I didn't see that. I wanted to see that. Well, I, if I had my way, I'd give it to Jennifer Jason Lee because she is one of the most – she's possibly the most fascinating character in that film – and you, you're going up against Sam Jackson and Kurt Russell mm-hmm. and 
you know, the Reservoir Dogs reunion. And she just gets beat up the whole time. She does, but she knows a lot more than just getting beat up. And as the film gets on, did did he drag you to Hateful Eight? No. No, I I didn't see it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, there was a story about her on Sunday morning. Yes, there was. So I watched it. And she's always been... uh, she comes from a Hollywood family, and she's had a fascinating career, and, and she's genuinely one of the best things in The Hateful Eight. So that's out there. Um, so I guess so. I guess you're picking Inside Out for animated feature as well? Yes. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> I love that movie. I did, too. I did, too. They even got a screenplay nomination. So any categories you're curious about? Uh, what about foreign film? Foreign film. Is there a German film in there? Because that'll get my vote. Well, <laughs> German pride. Look at that. Um, Embrace of the Serpent, Mustang, Son of Saul, Thebe, and a War. I think that's going to go to Son of Saul, your Hungarian Holocaust drama. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, we got three minutes. That's good. Um, let's see. what Other nuggets and tidbits. I, I think Mad Max will get a lot of the technical, ass, technical awards. Um, like editing, like makeup, like um, co- I, th- I think it should win for costume design, sound editing, sound mixing. Um, Is there a film that did not get nominated for Best Picture that you thought would have made it on that list? There's like eight of them, so yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's the number one? But, on well, all right, I'll, I'll do this. Okay. For instance, uh, if there were five, like I think it should be, you know, like Grown Ups, um, for me it would be uh, The Big Short, Mad Max, Room, um, Spotlight, and probably, oh gosh, probably The Revenant. Why do you think Spotlight is going to get it? I wish Spotlight would get it because, one, the best film about journalism. Two, true ensemble story. Three, hard-hitting topic. Um, you know, not a pleasant one, but one that's happening. And uh, and one that broke through, um, you know, one of the one of the most heartbreaking things about this film is the place cards at the end that shows you because of what happened with the Boston paper, how many other cities had these same things happening and got exposed because of the work of these of this ensemble of reporters. So that that would be my vote. And, yeah, I'm biased because I have a degree in journalism. Um, but, yeah, it's even better than all the president's men, even better than shattered glass. So. It, and it re- really resonated with me. And from an act, from a film standpoint, true ensemble. I was kind of pleasantly surprised that uh, Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams got nominations because I thought either everybody should get one or nobody should get one. So there. And by the way, I I do see you might be you don't be surprised if you have to start saying Academy Award winner Lady Gaga uh, yeah. for her song "The Hunting Ground," a fun documentary about campus rape. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, we have some words to live by. Silent breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Bianca, you can quiz me on Oscar stuff anytime. It's not just for February. Oh, okay. All right. I'll start sending you emails. Oh, my. Now I, now <laughs> I, every day. Now I have to start studying. <laughs> Go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. We gone. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. And Michigan. <laughs>